Welcome back to the show. On today's episode of the podcast, I am speaking to you from a place of total gratitude. I dive into my gardening journey and I share quite a bit of where I'm at in the garden right now. We are in the middle of harvest season, the many abundant foods that I'm harvesting straight from my kitchen garden. And I share kind of how I got to this place and the things I've learned along the way. I also talk about my dream of wanting to be self-sufficient and the core values that I have around freedom and trust and wanting to be able to take care of my family on my own. How do we align those kinds of dreams with living in this very structured system that is our daily society? It's kind of a tricky thing to align. So I talk a little bit about that and also some future stuff going on in our family, having to decide where to go to school and how we want to plan our lives over the next couple of years. I think today's episode is a really good one. A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin, it actually boosts our mental health too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, 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 my darlings, my friends. Hi, welcome back to the show. I am sitting here just feeling so many feelings. (laughs) I could cry right now. That is how, yeah, my heart just feels so soft and tender and open. And I have so much to share. I don't even know where to begin. So um, how about I, I share a little bit about, about how I ended up in this moment sitting here. I've had a, a whole day of harvesting vegetables and flowers, which is my favorite thing to do. It is, is it officially September? Oh my God, it is, right? It's officially September. Oh, as you're listening to this, it's officially September, which feels so crazy. And here in Sweden now where we are, It's still kind of warm, but you can definitely sense this bite in the air. Like it's very crisp. It's almost, 
almost like one of those early spring mornings, you know, but but it's fall, so it has a different beginning of fall, has a different feeling. We've definitely crossed the bridge or crossed the line of I yeah, fall has begun. Okay. <laughs> it's just true. It's just true. I guess end of August really does mark the end of summer. I don't want it to be, but I'm also really excited about fall. I love this season. At the same time, fall in Sweden, it's like it gets darker and darker and darker. And eventually it gets almost unbearably dark over here. So you always, you step into fall with a bit of trepidation, kind of. At least that's what I used to when I, back when I lived here before I moved to Aruba or before I moved away. And this time around, you know, I haven't experienced a full fall in Sweden in 15 years. It's a very long time. And... I'm feeling really, really excited. You know, it's like the time of year now where we can light candles. It's kind of beginning, but it's still warm enough outside. And I still have a whole garden full of vegetables. And it's just everything is sprouting and not sprouting. Everything is blooming and yeah, fruiting and ready to harvest. You know, everything is just we have so much fruit in the garden. It's it's wild. It's it's actually totally wild. So on this property where we live, on this land, it's a it's family land. And my grandfather started, I don't know how long ago he started planting fruit trees here and then my dad. And we have over 300 varieties of fruits and berries on the on the property here. So there's I don't know, I think 101 kinds of apples is the last I heard. No one really keeps track, you know, but there's so much of everything. Pears and apples and plums and cherries and raspberries and blackberries and currants and gooseberries and blue. I mean, there's everything, everything that you can kind of grow in Sweden. We even have a peach tree that actually gives peaches, which is kind of cool for being this far north. But now this season, it's really harvest season, you know, very end of summer, right at the beginning of early fall. And it's such a beautiful time. I love, love, love these beautiful crisp mornings. And this morning, my sister is here visiting. My sister, I have many sisters, I have five, but one of them, uh, my oldest of all the sisters I have, she's the oldest one, but I'm the oldest of all. So she's 25. Her name is Katya. She's an opera singer. Some of you might have heard her sing whenever she visits. I always share a little snippet of her singing <laughs> the opera for us, which is magical. She's so talented. But she's here visiting just for the week. And I asked her when she arrived, like, so what do you want to do in Sweden? It's been, she hasn't been here since Christmas. And she said, I only have one thing I want to do. And I was like, what? I want to be in the garden. Like, I want to, I just want to garden with you. And I was like, what? That makes me, that brings me a, unimaginable happiness like I get so excited from that and I gifted her for Christmas I gifted her braiding sweetgrass you know one of my favorite books by Robin Wall Kimmer and she told me she it was the first book in her entire life that she read that she has reread again uh, where she feels like she's she has to read every page two or three times. She loves it so much. This book really, it changed her life. It changed my life. If you haven't read it, I mean, I've recommended it so many times on the show. If you haven't read it, please pick up a copy. Braiding Sweetgrass, it's a really beautiful awakening of, of, of our connection and relationship with nature. 
And the fact that, you know, I gifted that book to, I think, I don't know how many people I gave it to for Christmas. It was like my go-to gift, you know, like also selfishly because I want everyone <laughs> to to have the same awakening of belonging in nature the way I have. I mean, it's really, it's really something I feel it's like part of my, <laughs> part of my life's mission to help remind the world that we belong and that we are nature and it's so easy and effortless to take care of the earth when we feel like we truly belong to the earth, you know. And out of everyone I gifted it to, I, I think at least the ones in my family, I think she's the only one who read it. <laughs> like, I really think so. I gave it to my dad and to my brother. I For sure they didn't read it. I mean, they would say, I think. But she read it and it changed her life, she said. And she said she just wanted to come here and just garden with me. And we had such a nice day today foraging and then harvesting and she's new to all of this I mean she goes to school she studies at the conservatory in in Holland she just studies opera like that's her whole life and has been she knew when she was I don't know 10 I think I mean she knew when she was really young that she wanted to be an opera singer and that's what she wanted to do with her life and since then that's been her whole path which is very hardcore for anyone who doesn't know like opera singers basically they are like elite athletes in their dedication and the work and the practice it takes to to even aim for that you know it's so intense so she's just very 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 disciplined and very dedicated and amazing amazing human but to hear that you know that that she really wanted to come here to just just to garden with me was so fun and then getting to share with her today because I feel like I'm an amateur right I'm not um, I'm, I'm learning as I go. I, I know a lot. I've been able to to grow a lot in a short time. I have kind of an, I, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a natural affinity for, for gardening. You know, I my, all of my life, I, I always felt like I can't keep anything alive. I used to make those jokes all the time. Like every house plant we ever had, I would always just kill. You know, I really never thought I had green fingers or or anything like that. But then I realized it's not, like, I think we all do. Actually, there's no such thing as being bad with plants. It's just about presence. You know, it's just about, like, do we care? You know, of course, if you have a houseplant and you're like, I should have a houseplant because they're pretty in my house or whatever. But you actually aren't present. You actually are not prioritizing that plant. Like, you actually don't care that much. Yeah, if you if you ignore that plant, it's going to die eventually, whatever plant it is. But if you're present with them, it's really quite easy. And I think we all have, regardless of where we come from, regardless of where we were born or our cultural history or anything like that, all of our ancestors tended to the earth. All of them. All of them. You know, so growing things, it's in our DNA. It's in our bones. It's in our blood. It's in our core. And as soon as we start kind of awakening that side of ourselves, it becomes, I think, easy to learn. And we realize that, oh, all of this stuff, you know, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. I kind of knew all of this all along. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. 
Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. And so today as we were moving through the garden and I'm showing my sister what to do, you know, and it's really basic stuff. It's not crazy complicated stuff, but she's really, really a beginner. You know, she hasn't really um, ever grown anything on her own. And she grew up, she's, she. I mean, she speaks how many languages? I think she speaks six languages fluently. She's one of those. She's half Swedish. Her dad is my dad. We share the same dad. But her mom is Ukrainian living in Latvia. And she was born in Latvia, grew up in Latvia, you know. So she speaks Ukrainian fluent and also Russian fluent and also Latvian fluent and then Swedish fluent and then English fluent. And then when she was, I can't remember how old she was. I think she was eight, maybe they moved to Switzerland. (laughs) So she speaks Swiss German and she studied French (laughs) and now she lives in Holland and she's already picked up Dutch, you know? So I don't know. That was like eight languages. She speaks really fluently. And then as an opera singer, you have to also know Italian. So part of her like life journey is to Eventually, she's going to live in Italy so she can be fluent in Italian. You know, it's like so she's one of those like really wild, wildly (laughs) intelligent people. But anyway, so I'm showing her all these things in the garden and she doesn't know much of it, but she grew up spending summers in Ukraine. And in Ukraine, you can grow what I from what I gather. It's just the perfect conditions of growing an abundance of everything. So she has memories she told me about spending summers there and with her grandparents and her family and uncles and things like that and harvesting in the garden there Um, and harvesting watermelon and like really things that that are harder to grow here in Sweden. But that's it in terms of experience. So just today, you know, and I'm kind of, okay, well, we're going to harvest all of our cucumbers today because I left them for too long. Like it's time. Let's harvest all the cucumbers. And she's like, well, how do I do that? You know? And it's like, oh, wow, this is so this is so fun to share. You know, she's like, can I just like pull them, you know, which you can, but I find having grown cucumber now for so many years, (laughs) not like I'm a cucumber expert, but I find using a little scissor for harvesting cucumbers is safer for the plant, you know, because you could accidentally pull off the whole stem of the plant if you're not careful, but you could do it, but you have to just be mindful. So I was like, I think you should use a scissor just for this because, you know, they're a little bit fragile, these stems. She was like, okay, okay. And she had so many questions, you know, so the cucumbers, the ones that are like a little bit yellow, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it means that they have retained a lot of water. I left them on the vine a little bit too long. 
they're still going to be fine. We're going to pickle them, you know, but they're not going to be as delicious as like the green, green cucumbers. And then she's like, well, why do they look different? One over there, they're huge. And over here, they're more like short and stumpy. And I'm like, well, they're different varieties that I planted, like these ones I use for pickling and this. And just going through the whole garden like that with her today narrating my decision making you know and kind of narrating my my knowledge i guess it felt so good it was so much fun it really really was and then we harvested chamomile and i'm showing her how we do that and why we do it in a certain way and then went over to the basil and it was like i realized i actually don't know you know, so as you, you know, living in Aruba, growing something like basil, you're continuously forever, all year long, growing basil. Like there's no season where all of a sudden you, basil can't thrive anymore. Sweden is different and we're getting to the kind of cold, colder season now. So I realized like, I don't know. And I told her, well, with basil, you always trim the flowers off and the flowers we keep. I make vinegar with them. Basil vinegar is delicious. It's amazing. But you want to cut the flowers off the top of the basil plant because otherwise the plant produces a lot of the energy into the flowers, goes into the flowers, and then doesn't grow as full. So if you trim the flowers off, it's better for the plant. And when we harvest basil, we always harvest from the very top because then it it like encourages the plant to grow more shoots off to the side so you get a bushier fuller basil plant instead of like a long spinely one you know and all this stuff that I just like know <laughs> doesn't feel like crazy knowledge to me and it feels like basic and it's just whatever I've picked up and then I found my own way that I feel is the best she was blown away you know she's like okay so then okay and, and she's making notes and like okay so when I you know when I go there I'm gonna go you know, she's going to go be with her family and then I'm going to harvest this stuff. How should I dry that? And it was just, it was such a fun thing. It's been a long time, I realized, since I taught anything or since I got to feel really inspired together with someone in the garden in that way, you know. We ended up having just a full day. I we harvested cauliflower today. My, my cauliflower is my first time. Well, this week has been my first cauliflower harvest of my life. You know, it's like, I don't even know how do you harvest the big head of cauliflower? Do you just twist it or snap it? Or you need to use huge scissors? It's like all the stuff we're doing. I'm just learning as I go. But pulling off one of those huge heads of cauliflower from a cauliflower plant that literally, when did I plant it? Like, I think April, probably. <laughs> I grew that from seed. And then they've been attacked by the moths and by the aphids and by the all this all this stuff. And I've been really trying to protect them and netting them in and spraying them with homemade organic sprays. You know, it's really becomes like taking care of a little baby. And all of a sudden that baby becomes a cauliflower head that you get to harvest and bring into the kitchen to cook with. I mean, that's just, isn't that a miracle? I don't know. Am I, maybe I'm sounding... <laughs> Maybe I'm sounding like a little bit crazy, but I'm just really feeling like I'm on a high from I'm on a high from many things. I'm going to I'm going to and I'm going to share. But just this day has been just just very very beautiful. And um <laughs> we also and this also brings me so much joy driving down the side of the road like after we dropped Leia off at school this morning, I realized that this big elder tree that I drive by often that the berries are ready like the berries are ripe 
And I just grabbed whatever I had in the car and head out. And it was like, I think I was standing in a pile of manure. <laughs> like it's like, it's a tree at the edge of a farm kind of close to the, to the side of the road. It smelled really, really bad. But I'm like, oh my God, the berries are ready. And my sister's like, so what, what is this? Like, do you, can I, do we eat these? I'm like, no, no, no. Like you, you need to cook them. And so elderflower as a, you know, the elder tree is so amazing. Elderflower is my favorite thing to make lemonade from. It's like a very, very Swedish thing. We've had elderflower lemonade since we were born over here. It's so delicious and, and really special. And the elderberries, it's one of those things. And this is what I love about connecting with nature more. Black elderberry is really medicinal. It's super, super, super medicinal. And it's one of those things that I spend tons of money on at the health food store every year. You know, I buy these kind of these glass bottles of black elderflower or black elderberry syrup for immunity and for flu season and helps you fight colds. And it's just a really good medicinal herb to work with or medicinal berry to work with. And I decided this year, as soon as the elderberries are ready, I'm going to make my own. Why would I spend all that money over there? And then maybe it has to be shipped to me if I buy it online or packaged and, you know, when there are these trees, like there's two trees, one here on the property and one like close to our house. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just going to forage for it. Right. And then, and Katja's like, so then what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, what do you, what do you mean? We just, we picked seven liters. Okay. From our tree here on the land. It's also ripe and ready today. We borrowed a huge ladder and I climbed to the top of the tree and we picked seven liters of, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> lot of black elderberries and she goes what now and I'm like I I I don't know (laughs) I've never done this before and she's like but but you're so confident (laughs) like you know I said no this is how I learn everything I know is I have an idea or I get inspired by something and then I just do it right and I don't hopefully I'm not going to poison anybody (laughs) so far so good I have to like knock on wood for that and of course I research a ton and I you know I wouldn't do that with a plant I don't know or with anything, yeah, anything I feel unsure about, you know, a black, like elder, elder trees are really easy to know and I've known them my whole life. I've just never, ever harvested or foraged the berries before or made syrup before. But according to the internet, it's pretty easy. Um, all you do is you simmer them in water. You have to pick the stems off in case anyone listening now really wants to do this. You have to get rid of all the stems. That's really important. So black elderberries, I think it's cyanide. You know how like apple apple seeds also have that? Like some, it's, it's toxic anyway. You can't eat them raw. You can't eat the green ones or the unripe ones. And you can't eat the stems. Um, so what I do is I put them in the freezer for a couple of hours. And then it's really easy to get the berries off the vine. And then you discard any green berries and then all the little stems and the little vines. And then you just cook it down with water and you let it cook down. Like you let it reduce to like half its size. And then I'm going to mix it with some raw honey. <laughs> and I think that's it. Like I, I really, <laughs> I, I think that's it. You could just, you know, take it as it is. But I think it's it's going to be really intense, the flavor. So it's also something I give Leia every winter. And maybe I'll add some other herbs to it. Like I was thinking maybe I'll add some echinacea root, maybe, or maybe I'll add some ginger or I don't know, maybe add some yarrow to it, like just in the cook. I I'm, I don't know, you know, and this brings me just an immense amount of joy. 
making my own stuff, you know, doing my own things. And this, I guess, brings me <laughs> brings me to my news. I um <laughs> I need to take I need to take a breath before I share. No, oh, okay, maybe I'm not gonna share. Wait, I need to ask Dennis. Ah, um, I I'm so sorry. I don't like leaving cliffhangers on the pod. I feel like that's a real douchebag thing to, to do. But I, I I didn't ask Dennis permission to share. We are not pregnant. Okay, so you can relax about that. <laughs> okay, we're not. That's like the go-to thing everybody goes to constantly and all the time. No, um, no, 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 that's not it. But I, I do want to make sure he, we're on the same page before I tell all the many, many people who listen to this podcast. So I'm going to put a pin in that and just say we we have some news and I'm going to share them very soon. And I'm very excited about them. And it makes me sit here and, and smile. And we're not pregnant. Okay. <laughs> okay. I probably next week I can, I'll, I'll, I'll feel, I'll feel comfortable sharing. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. But so in terms of, you know, just being where we are, (laughs) I know like most of you are sitting there right now like, what the fuck? Then you just like lead this podcast with you have a lot to share and then you built this thing up and now you're not sharing. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But sometimes that happens. I don't know if you ever, you ever have that, like an excitement to share something or to tell someone something or to tell a secret. And then as you're about to, or after you've told it, you get an icky feeling like, Ooh, like you overshared, you know, or like maybe it wasn't ready to share yet, or it wasn't your thing to share yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at catching myself before I go, I go to that place of having to have that feeling and just like taking a moment and, and, um, yeah, but so the plan, I guess, you know, (laughs) is that it's fall now and we're all busy with end of summer stuff and back to school things. I hope you're I don't know if you have kids. If you have kids, I hope your back to school times have been smooth and easy and enjoyable and exciting for us. Leia, she has one more year. I actually didn't know this until just recently, but she has one more year of preschool. And in Sweden, we have 
this one year, it's called a preschool class. And it's like, it's not preschool. It's always usually at a different, like you actually go to the school you're going to go to for elementary school. But it's also not school school. It's not first grade. It's the year before first grade. Wait, is that what pre-K is? <laughs> oh my God, I have to, I have to Google that. Anyway, it's the year before first grade. And for that, she needs to go to like a proper school. But I just learned, I didn't know this because this was not the case when I was little, but apparently that year is mandatory in Sweden now. So when I was little, it was first grade, like from seven years old until ninth grade, you know, the year you're 15 turning 16. That was the mandatory school years. Like that's how how long you have to be in school. And now it's, so I guess, how many years is that? Like nine years? And now it's expanded. So it's the year before it's not mandatory. You have to have to be in school. School plicked. It's like mandatory schooling. And I think it sucks. <laughs> Okay, I think it's so totally, really, really freaking sucks. I, I, I really, you know, in Sweden, it's not legal. It's illegal to homeschool your child. Like you're not allowed to homeschool. It's very rare. Like it's like very few countries in the world where they don't allow you to, you know, follow a proper curriculum and, and homeschool. But Sweden does not allow it. And then already from six years old, it's like you have to make this major decision for their future, and hope that that's going to be okay and not be not be terrible. I just, I have a, oh, although she's in a good place now, and it's just, it's preschool. You know, it's not like she's sitting there, you know, feeling pressure and taking tests or anything like that. She's only five years old. Um, but I feel this big resistance inside of me just to the system that is schooling, that is like conventional schooling. I... Ugh. And, I, and people get annoyed when I say that because, you know, Sweden has, I think, a fairly good system compared to a lot of other countries. But there's very little freedom, you know, there's very little freedom. And even just looking at, you know, what what does it mean to put your kid through school? What are they going to learn and how are they learning? And are they learning in a way that really encourages them at their essence you know every kid learns in a different way and I the last thing I want for her is to be chained to a desk for seven or eight hours a day having to be quiet looking at a teacher talk you know I I, I feel this huge resistance to that and the fact that there is no freedom of choice in in, in Sweden and that it starts so early now I oh and I didn't know so I was thinking oh we have a whole like we have a whole two years, basically. She's five. It's like when she's seven, we need to really commit to a school. And then, of course, you know, you can't just you can't just travel at any time. You can't just decide to live differently. Like this is what it is. But actually, it starts already when she's six. So that means we have one one year now before. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like I'm planning to like escape, you know. It's not like I'm planning some round the world trip with on a sailboat or something. But yeah, I guess it's just the the rigidity of the system um, that I resist, you know, that I have a hard time with. I would love, love to put her in a nature school or a forest school or just something, yeah, something a little more, a little more close to what our, yeah, what our values are, I guess. 
we know now that uh, that Waldorf isn't for us, at least. I had an episode about this a couple months ago, just our struggle with Leah, how she's her starting school here. And of course, it's different school to school. And of course, it's different teacher to teacher. And whatever season the school happens to be in at that time, if they're doing well. And I think after COVID, a lot of, of course, a lot of teachers and schools have really, really struggled. But it was just clear to me that she did not thrive in the Waldorf environment of that school. I'm not saying Waldorf overall all is bad. I have so many friends who swear by it and who love it, but it's just where she happened to end up here. It just wasn't good there. Um, and she's done Montessori her whole life, or since she was three, she's been in Montessori preschool. And it seems to really fit her personality and how she likes to engage and how she likes to learn. There's a structure of a Montessori compared to the structure or non-structure, I guess, of the of the Waldorf school. It really fits her. So my thinking is, okay, we have to keep her in Montessori, you know, no matter what happens, like, you know, we have to really, yeah, it seems to me the only option. And the thing is, and I've kind of been pushing this problem ahead into <laughs> the future that, um, yeah, that's for future Rachel and Dennis to worry about. But who are we kidding? It's future Rachel worrying. <laughs> future Dennis doesn't worry very much. Past Dennis doesn't <laughs> worry very much either. He's pretty much kind of a worry-free guy. <laughs> if you if you heard last week's podcast, Dennis was on the show, <laughs> even though we were talking about, I don't know, like I love recording the podcast with him. We have so much fun, even though we were talking about really serious topics and we're talking about depression and how much he's struggling living in Sweden and that it hasn't been as effortless as he wanted it to be. And, you know, we still just like laugh all the time. And that's what life with Dennis is. It's like, it's mostly a lot of joy and laughter, you know, even when we're going through hard times. Like, he just is a very carefree guy. He doesn't worry very much. Like, even in this place now, like he hasn't settled in Sweden, he's looking for his community. He doesn't worry, you know, he's not... <laughs> he's not like tossing and turning over it he's just like oh you know one day at a time and you know cracking a lot of dad jokes along the way so yeah I don't see future Dennis worrying about where Leah's gonna go to, go to school <laughs> but I do and I've been thinking it's like something I'm gonna have to deal with in two years but no it's something I have to deal with now even though she starts in one year the school system in Sweden is really particular in that you have to go to school where you live which is I, I find really yeah strange I mean I, I get the idea behind that but as an example for us we live really close like literally on the edge of a district I don't know how to call a commune yeah like a, com a commune. <laughs> commune it's like it's like a district like a large district like like Stockholm of course the country is divided in big ones and then there's littler ones and then there's smaller ones in that it's just like the different districts of the of the cities and of, of the country we live right on the border of one so I can literally walk it's like a five minute walk for me and all of a sudden I'm in another district right and e you know so that means there are a lot of schools in the other district where we don't live which is five minutes walking away that are way closer to us <laughs> like way way closer to us but because we are in another district, we don't get to go there. <laughs> I think you can ask and if you can fight for it, you can go visit, you can like make case, you know, like we really want to 
And I, I think sometimes you can get lucky or if they have space and there's like a shortage of students, you can probably make it work. But essentially, you have to go to school in your own district. That's just kind of how it works. So now there's no none of those schools that are in that other district here that we were looking at. But we go all the way. We, we drive like a 20 minute drive into the more center part of that district, district to go to school. So you don't you just you can't just choose. Here's a school I like the most. Let's go for that one. No, it doesn't doesn't work that way. And in terms of Montessori school, after preschool, this one where she goes to now, there isn't one <laughs> like at all. Like it doesn't exist in this district. Like doesn't exist in the next district either, but it does exist in the next commune, which is like a large <laughs> I don't know what these words are. This is I need some Swedish person <laughs> to, to help me. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna I'm going to actually pause the podcast and Google this because this is driving me crazy. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Okay, I figured it out. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm very ready. Okay, so we have, <laughs> it's called a county. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Okay. It's called a county. So there's bigger counties that that like envelop bigger cities, right? A county is a commune in, in English, Swedish. And then within the county, there are districts. No, wait, wait, I'm fucking it up again. Okay, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> start over. Okay, fuck, fuck, fuck. What we have is a land. Okay, in Swedish, it's called a land. That is the county. 
The county is the land, okay? Within the county, within the land, we have something called a municipality or a district, which is the commune. So within a county or within the land, there's several municipalities or commune there, right? Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> and anyway, in our whole big county, like where we are, um, there is no Montessori school. Like, I don't know what to do about that. Like, it really, 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 really sucks. There is one 35 minutes away in the other county, the one that is like walking distance away, but it's still 35 minutes away and it's the only one. And I'm asking a lot of other parents, like how, you know, what would you do here? And everyone thinks I'm insane. No one wants to drive their kid 35 minutes to school. You know, here it's like you want to be able, to, of course, to walk to school. You want to bike to school. You want to live as close to school as you possibly can to make everybody's life easier. But I don't, I mean, I would love that. But for me, it's much more important to make a decision that I feel long term is the best for her in that way. Like I am, of course, of course, also because I have the circumstance that would allow me, like I actually could drive her 35 minutes to school, uh, which is a privilege. So yes, but it's, it's far, you know, and it's the only one. And I just, I have to make that decision now. And I don't know if I have to like, I have to know somebody or I have to talk to somebody to see if it's even possible and maybe not. And if it's not possible and she can't continue with Montessori at all, then I don't know what to do. <laughs> I hate it when I arrive at one of those conclusions on the pod. I love having solutions and realizations and epiphanies on the podcast. That's my favorite thing. But I really don't know where to go from that. I have toyed with the idea of starting my own school. And I actually had a bunch of you guys listening to this show when I talked about this in another episode. Email me about that. Just in other countries, how people have done it. It's not an impossibility. You know, you actually could create and start your own school. You still have to follow the system. You still have to, of course, have to follow like the learning plan of the of the country and things like that. But there are things you could do differently, just like how Montessori would do things differently. So I was playing around with that idea, like what would it be like to create an earth school or nature school or forest school somewhere in the neighborhood? <laughs> you know? Of course, we would need like students and teachers and it seems like a massive, obviously massive project to undertake. But that is literally where my brain is. <laughs> because we're talking, you know, we're talking these fundamental years that that shape our, our children. And maybe I'm being judgmental and negative to the regular system, which I'm sure is fine for mostly everybody. But I'm just so, oh, someone was talking to me yesterday about bullying, just like how in the schools, it's been so long since I went to school and I haven't had a kid in school before. So I, I don't think about this stuff. But how prevalent that is in every country, right? In every school, in every county and district and <laughs> municipality, like wherever you go, there's going to be bullying in schools. And the thought of that, just the mere idea, and I know you feel the same about your kids, the mere idea that someone would be mean to her, that there's a risk, oh, that there's even a risk of ending up in one of those like hierarchical structures in a school where some people are looked down on and picked on and 
I, I, I can't deal. Like I really, I don't know how to digest and, and process the idea of that. Oh, so yeah, I don't have any big answers here. I, I would love to know how you do it. And yeah, what, what are our options really? We were talking yesterday about, I spent been spending so much time with my brother lately, which has been wonderful. And a lot of my siblings actually having my sister here from Holland and then my other sister's here. She lives in London, but she's been here over the summer. And then my brother lives right next, like right nearby. So we've just had a lot of like sibling hangouts lately. And we were talking about the election because it's election year in Sweden. The election's coming up like pretty much now in what is it, two, three weeks, three weeks out. And I really don't know how to vote. <laughs> and there's not a single party in Sweden that I feel is great. There's not a single one that aligns with the majority of my beliefs. There are the environmental parties uh, or the one environmental party that really focuses on, you know, the environment and nature. And that's where my heart is. But the rest of their pol politics is not where my heart is. And I disagree with a massive amount of things that they have, you know, tried to put into place and or, you know, pretended they were going to make happen and then didn't follow through on or it's just it doesn't align with me. You know, they're like actual like social economic <laughs> politics like doesn't 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 fit with me, you know. And then the other ones where I feel more alignment, maybe around education and and uh, healthcare and just the regular big things, like where I feel aligned, they don't give a shit about nature. Those are the parties that literally wreck the forest the most, that literally mine these really sacred lands up north that belong to the indigenous people, like... Those are, you know, so wherever I go, I can't, I can't align with one party that I really, that doesn't suck in some major way. That it's like, it's very, very hard. And, and we just had this big conversation around, around freedom. And what does that really mean? You know, and in Sweden, it's, it's, it is challenging because here we are so taught to follow the rules and follow the system and do what people say. And you stand in line and you wait your turn and, you know, you don't make a mess. And it's like we're very, compared to other countries where I've lived anyway, and also compared to the States, compared like, to just compared to other major nations, Swedes are very much in the box, right? We do what we're supposed to do. We don't want, we want to be law gone. Like we, <laughs> we don't want to be too much of something. And I find that when even my just, my thoughts that I have around around freedom. Like I want to be able to choose for myself. I don't want more government input into my family life or my personal decisions or, you know, like an example of this and your, your mind is going to explode as I tell you this. Are you ready to hear the most insane thing ever? In the county next to us, <laughs> fuck, how many times have I said county? <laughs> District next, in the county next to us, Okay, the one that's five minutes away that I can walk to, that's where my brother lives. It is illegal to compost. You need permission. You need to you need to submit an actual paperwork, like a form. You need to ask permission, submit a form to be allowed to compost. 
is your has your head exploded yet? And this is real. Like I had to really look it up because I was like beating my brother up. I'm like, why don't you compost? Like you live on a farm. Like you need to compost. Compost. Composting is like the essence of life. Literally, it's how our food waste becomes not waste. It's how our food scraps becomes soil and nutrients for everything you're going to grow in the next season. Like well, you cannot live without compost. And he's like, well, it's not allowed here. You need to... <laughs> You need to go to this place and fill out a form and ask permission from the fucking county to compost your food scraps. And I looked it up and it is true. <laughs> like, and I'm sure there's some person, I almost said idiot, but I'm saying person that has some kind of thought here, right? I don't know what it is. And I really thought about it. I'm like, is it that they don't want people in apartment buildings setting up composts in the stairwells that are going to smell and become like a safety hazard? But like, that's not, that's not the case. Like, that's no one does like that doesn't exist. That's not realistic at all. What is the thing that they're trying to do here? I'm sure there has been some sort of logic for some human that works in the freaking county, right? <laughs> But what it comes down to for me a lot, and I, you know, this is a lot of my thinking is that they don't want us to compost. You know, there is, they don't want us to be self-sufficient. They don't want us on our own being able to tend to ourselves and to our own land. You know, the survival of these systems completely relies on us relying on the system, on us not managing on our own, you know. And it is, I'm not going to get all like conspiracy theorist on you because I'm not one of those people, but I really do believe that, that that personal freedom to make choices for my own family, to grow the foods I want to grow, to compost what I want to compost, to educate my own child in a way that I feel is best, you know, I, I want to have the freedom to do that. And it's the one area here where I feel like Sweden is, ugh, it's like it's challenging me in a really, in a really deep way. And of course, the compost thing, I cannot get over it. I cannot, I can't, I can't get over it. I can't, can't get over it. So yeah, I think where I'm going to just focus my attention is continuing to do the things that bring me joy. And stay really grateful that I live five minutes on this side of the county line so that I can, you know, I, we have seven composts set up here. Seven. Seven of them. There's always completed fresh, like, compost that you could, like, put your whole face into because it's so yummy and nutritious. You know, always, like, one big batch of them of it that's ready. I'm, I'm kind of insane about my composting, but just continuing to do the things that make me feel really free, that make me feel confident in my ability to take care of myself and take care of my family. I would love to rely less on the healthcare system and the packaged food system and, you know, all the reasons that, the reasons that I have to spend a lot of money to create a lot of waste. I don't want to do that. I don't, People ask, like, I got a lot of questions this week because I've been, I've been jamming like crazy all the, like I've been making apple butters and all kinds of jams and just a huge amount of, yeah, I don't want a single plum or apple to go to waste. And I'm not very good at food canning yet. This is something I'm learning. I'm going to 
have to have like a person on the podcast to talk about this because I need to learn. But basically food canning or food preservation is, you know, preparing and preserving food for long-term preservation. So basically, you know, harvesting tomatoes, making tomato sauce or whatever, putting that in a can and then water or pressure canning it so it's shelf stable and safe. And then you can leave it on a shelf in your pantry for a whole year. Like that's amazing. So that means the tomatoes that I'm growing this summer can last me all through winter and I don't have to go to the grocery store and buy metal tins of tomato, crushed tomatoes, or buy the Tetra Pak, you know, or the plastic ones, or I don't have to create that waste. I don't have to rely on that. And of course, what I grow myself feels is much more delicious to eat, is more nutritious. It's 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 all better, right? But the reason I'm making so much fucking jam is I don't know how to can very well. <laughs> and I'm really scared I'm going to give someone botulism and kill them. So <laughs> that's like a risk if you're improperly canning your foods. So there are certain things that are really easy to can safely and jam is one of them, okay? Because of the high acidity and the higher sugar content. It's really really easy to safely make your own jam putting that in, you know, approved really good like glass containers. I use the Weck and the Ball ones. And then water bath canning them for them to last a very long time. That's the only way aside from freezing and dehydrating right now that I know how to pr preserve food. <laughs> so people are asking me, "Why are you like how much jam does your family eat?" Like they you guys must think that we like we're eating jam breakfast, lunch and dinner. All we do is eat jam. I'm not keeping it all like I'm gifting a lot of it and I'm giving it to family and we do eat a lot of jam. We eat jam with our oatmeal. We eat jam with our yogurt. We we do. We do eat a fair amount of jam. But basically the reason is that I don't want to come December or February realize, oh, I need to go get berries at the grocery store when there is literally 600 million kilos of blueberries get thrown away or just rot away in the woods every single year in Sweden. 600 million kilos. And of course, they don't go to complete waste because they become soil and birds eat them and everything. And that that's a part of nature. And I have no problem with that. But the fact that most of us go to the grocery store all winter long to buy blueberries and raspberries and lingonberries and fruits and all this stuff that is so abundant and free and available to us in the woods and, you know, wherever we're growing foods. So my thinking is if I can just capture and hold as much of that as possible, then I will minimize my future waste, my future need to go to buy these, you know, whatever, non-organic or mass-produced things that just suck for the earth. This became a little rant and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to rant. Okay. I'm sorry about, I'm sorry about ranting. So yeah, yeah. Just continuing to do things that bring me joy and taking care of my family best I know how, foraging as much as I can and growing as much of my foods as I can and preserving as much of it as possible, composting as much as possible. Like this really is where my, where my joy is, all of my joy. And that is also why I started this podcast with this big tender heart because I feel so, I feel so full. I really do. I feel so abundant and full. And that is how I'm going to end this podcast. 
if you want to for real legit start a school with me email me at rachel at yogagirl.com it has to be north of stockholm that's in the area where we live ish around but i'm serious yes um email me or if you have ideas or thoughts or anything you want to share i love 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 hearing from you I hope you are having an amazing, amazing week and that it just gets even more amazing this weekend. Take good care of yourself. Don't forget to go outside and I love you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio and I'll see you next week.